0: It's Sierra, new ambassador for WW, Weight Watchers Reimagined. The new MyWW Plus, our most holistic program ever, helps you tackle the many elements that contribute to weight loss with tools to plan meals and get you moving. Join today with a limited time offer at WW.com.
3: Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat.
4: Listen, listen, listen.
3: I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going.
4: Listen, listen, listen.
3: Been, yeah, it's the Black Country Blokes Tune The Fact, with me,
1: Kev Dylan, Lee Cadman and Tom Garrett. And today our special guest is Joe Plum. Now, Joe Plum... <coughs> has done so many things, despite of so many things. At a young age, has been diagnosed with Asperger's, ADHD. But as I often say, this thing, you know, this disability, if we call it, this not just define us. This isn't all we are with so many different fractures. And what he's gone on to do so many different things, working with wonderful organisations, and they're branching off into other things. So, Joe, thank you ever so much, Brooke, for coming on. Thank you for having would, me. Would you like to just tell us a, a bit about your life? And how you got started on this journey?
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm Joe. Um, I'm 23 years of age. I live in uh, Cambridge here now. Uh, and from a young age, I was always different. I was bullied uh, from the first day of school, really, and never had any friends throughout my whole school life. Um, always labelled a bad child um, by teachers and parents peers whatever and it wasn't necessarily being bad I was just different um, and the awareness around mental health wasn't great back then when I was in school but I was diagnosed with autism from uh, the age of seven and for me that diagnosis was great you know it gave it helped give me a path and find a structure and a way that helped me more and helped me progress into life but I was singled out every day um mm-hmm. I was physically bullied verbally cyber like I, I it couldn't escape it um tried taking my own life many times mm-hmm. the first time I tried to take my own life I was 12 um and things just got progressively worse like the hateful comments i was i was just i hated myself completely um when i was 13 i started my own campaign which went global called stand up speak out uh, which uh very quickly got into the press got into the news tv um worked alongside some great people like james arthur sunita um and that was to make change to raise awareness not only of bullying itself but autism as well and to make change um and that carries on says,
1: my, my says have been job. I mean I was bullied as a child and um, those scars all stick with you for life don't they so to be I so brave at the age of 13 you know when all when you're in the mix of it, it takes absolute bottle and you know inner
3: strength
2: yeah, it, it was difficult. And these things, you know, every, I have a down day every now and then. That's also down to what I'm diagnosed with. Um But it's also those memories never leave you. You know, it's it's like a bit of paper. You can crunch up a bit of paper, but you can never, once you've done that, you can never smoothen it out again. And that is exactly what bullying is. If you want to show it in a physical form, scrunch up paper and try and, iron it flat again you can't and that's exactly what bullying does to to anyone that's been through it and I you know I was lucky my family were very supportive um but unfortunately things got very bad I was put in a psychiatric unit and it was unsafe for me to live at home so I went to care
1: how old was you then sorry
2: uh I was 16 um and I spent a year and a half I was in and out first time and um, didn't have a great experience in the first unit and um, I'm diabetic as well they refused to give me my insulin and I ended up in yeah. something called DKA yeah. um, and they refused to take me to hospital um, until a parent saw me and my mum and dad were rallying and then they did it again so I was then uh, put on a section by the general hospital in Sheffield um, and then put back into a unit in Northampton where we were really good I finally got the therapy I needed and they were great and I kind of found a, a safe haven in that because it was just being myself I didn't have to worry about what other people might have thought about me everyone that was in there we were all the similar age but we were all in there for a similar reason different conditions but similar reason and all of us had been bullied as well, which is really interesting. You know, everyone who was in there for mental health uh, issues, um, illnesses, they'd all had trauma from being bullied. Um, And that was a platform to expand my voice even more. Um, I had to stop Stand Up Speak Up. Because of the media attention, uh, it just got a bit too much from going from someone that nobody wanted to know, that had no friends, to all of a sudden just in this spotlight. it Was Was that,
1: was that overwhelming, Joe, as you say, going from having no I one had,
2: to everyone? I had so many breakdowns. I got so addicted to social media because it was almost, yes, I didn't know these people face to face, but it was the first kind of time I'd had, I'd, I'd socialised. Um, and then going into a unit when you take, had having everything taken away from you, that was a struggle in itself. Almost like withdrawal,
1: like withdrawal symptoms, almost.
2: Yeah, exactly. Social media is a drug. If you if you become addicted to it, it's exactly the same as a drug addiction. And to get away from it, especially now when tech is so widely available and it's in lockdown, um, it's how we all communicate.
4: Um, Can I ask you, Joe, sorry, um, how do you find that now and how do you deal with the social media now? Um, because, we, we, well, I say we found you, Tom found you through social media. You've obviously still got quite a large following. So how do you separate that now? Um, have you learned from your mistakes, basically?
2: I've learned from my mistakes. I mean, there's some days where I post a lot, but I schedule a lot. I try and plan ahead. Um, I listen to the news and see what's kind of topical because I think that's really important. You know, look at the main stories of, especially around mental health, what are people struggling with, with, and what messages can I promote? What can I do to make an impact for something that's relevant that people will see that could hopefully save a life. Um, my partner is very good. She keeps me grounded. If I'm going 150 miles an hour, she will quite happily tell me she'll take my phone off me. Um, but, you know, these the, it, these things are difficult. I, I want to make change. Uh, it, it's not all done by social media at the moment. In lockdown, it's very difficult because we have to try and work differently to reach people, to do a counselling session, to make sure people are safe. We can't do that face-to-face. It has to be done on some form of technology. So, uh, you know, structure isn't, and routine.
1: Isn't that mad, Tom? You know, because we're all... Uh, clapping for the NHS, and we're all doing this. But if I need to go and see the doctor, I have to see the doctor. But I'm I'm mentally ill. I can't go and sit down on someone's settee, wearing a mask, wearing a visor, and say, I'm not well. No, can you do it over Skype? Well, I'm paranoid. I'm paranoid about my wife hearing me. I'm I'm worried about my daughter hearing this. Do you think that would just be... Rocket science, get that person into a safe environment, let him confess his sins, then send him home.
5: Yeah, well, it's, it's like you said. I mean, you can't, uh, f- from my own experience, you know, sitting in, I think we've chatted about this before, where, you know, you see that many different people when you go to the doctor, it's rarely you'll see the same person twice. And, you know, having to, you know, I used to go in there with this piece of paper. I must have had this piece of paper for about, probably about eight or nine years. You know, the amount of times I've showed that to different people because I physically couldn't. I got to a point where I couldn't even talk about it anymore. Um, I don't think counselling would have worked for me online, personally, like you say. I think when you're in your own house, excuse me, uh, when you're in your own house, you know, there's a lot of thoughts, you know, where you are surrounding you. Um, I think, like you say, if you go and sit in a room with someone, you enter in their place, aren't you? So, you know, like you say, realistically, you know, put a mask on, you know, have a screen in front of you and they should be carrying on doing it, really. I mean, you can still go to
2: A&E, and I mean, the one thing which annoys me that the government, especially with this um, third lockdown, you can have a a support bubble. You can still go round to your support bubble's house. If you are struggling and you do need to go and see someone, it might not have been headline news and they might not have emphasised it, but you can still do that. Obviously, don't flout the rules, but Don't suffer alone. If you need to see someone face to face, get out of your house. You can do it and no one is going to stop you because by law it's written in if you need to, to keep yourself safe and to safeguard yourself, you are allowed to do that. But also, post lockdown, post pandemic anxiety people who suffer with anxiety on a day to day basis don't want to go out and face the world. Many people keep themselves inside. And that's detrimental to their own mental health. But now, what this is doing is going. Actually, it's okay. I've got no other choice. So I can kind of mask that. What happens when we get out of this and we all have to face the world again? Then we've got another major, well, major is, issue
5: to deal with. This is what I was. I think we spoke about this the other day on the show. Um, you know, it, it, after the first lockdown, you know, mental health it was really on the rise. People were talking about it. And same again the other day, as soon as the news got announced, everyone was talking about it, tweeting, Instagram. Um, But like you say, this has got to be something that this time, third time lucky, we've got to take this back into the real world because it's all right talking about it now, you know, while we're in lockdown and and all getting together. But like you say, you go back out into the real world, you get stuck in the same cycle again, you're back at home. And as you've just said, Joe, you know, we've got to do something to keep this going for good, really.
2: Yeah mental health awareness days mental health awareness months are great but why we shouldn't just have a day or a month yeah no matter what it should be talking all year round it, that awareness it's like anti-bullying week great week love it promotes a message but why do we need one week where it basically goes to, especially to young people that go anti-bullying week it's almost like oh we've got to be nice to this person for this week yeah. it's anti-bullying week wanted to be kind yeah, but talk about it anyway
1: it's almost like your new year's resolution isn't it you do it for a week and then you give it up instead of thinking well i bet we just do day resolutions where each day i'm gonna try and be kind
2: yeah i just don't set any now <laughs> no i don't i've just accepted facts i'm, I'm a little fat <laughs>
1: <kid>. <laughs> but anyway joe back to when you were 16 in the psych ward could you? Because that's where we all jumped in. Sorry, Could you carry on with
2: that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So when I was in the psych ward, I was, uh, you know, in and out for most of a year and a half. Um, and even after that, I, I was had the meeting with social services, and it was, you know, put into a semi-independent flat. So I was taken out of my family home, and um, so for them, they couldn't. Do much, and I was just all over the place, and that was difficult in itself. You know, there's the social care. Anyone that might watch this or listen to this uh, has been in care, or is in the system. Knows it's really not great. Um, so that was then another platform for me to go as well as the mental health. Um, I was the um, the chair of uh, children care council so I got a group of children that are in care together who are the same age as me sat down and we made the change we went to social workers and the director of children's services and said look this is what it's like instead of you going oh yeah we're going to do this do that listen to us make these changes We created a social work academy from that as well. So now in the recruitment selection process, instead of just going to uni and becoming a social worker, you also have to go through interviews with children in care. Um, They give their feedback. If they don't think that your your approach was good enough, um, then they will say, and that has to be considered. But they also are part of the training. They will go into universities. They will do the talks um to really get that one-to-one impact of one what it's like to be in care to don't just keep coming and going because many people yes my story is different but many people in care have had people walking in and out of their lives that causes upset the instability and then moving on to independence it doesn't work and mental health even in the social care system it's not considered you know you have your pathway plan they don't want to know about your mental health they just want to know basically when you reach this reach 18 you're going to go into the leaving care system get a pa instead of a social worker get your own flat we're going to leave you we don't care about your mental health pretty much um
1: my how psychiatry many kid, how many kids have been thrown on that scrappy of he's just a naughty kid oh he's violent oh she's a. what what's made this child because children aren't born messed up it's our circumstances isn't it and what
2: circumstances are i would say i I wouldn't use that as an excuse you know i have seen some things where actually you know circumstances for me i could have gone one or two ways i don't want to make myself sound like a saint because i'm definitely not but i could have gone one or two ways and I, i wanted to make something of my life and make a difference instead of just going, yeah, well, this has happened to me. I'm just going to go do what I want now. But with a young child that's had not even somewhat parents are so close to us, they're supposed to love us unconditionally. If you haven't had that, that's going to cause massive issues throughout your whole life. Yeah. And social workers coming and going, that's going to cause more issues because then the question comes back to them and their mental health going. I'm obviously not good enough. They just don't want to be around me. So that's when the other issues start to crop up. Um and that's that needs to be considered so much. My psychiatrist was banned from my my pathway plan meeting. He wanted to come. He was banned by um the she was the director of the leaving care team at the time. Uh, really wasn't a nice lady. Um Yeah, she banned him, but he turned up, he opened the door and just barged his way in. He proper fought fought my corner and my parents' side and made sure that they listened to what was right because I was going to die otherwise. I'd I'd taken so many overdoses. I'd, I'd just put myself in such a bad state that I was very close to either being put in hospital for the rest of my life or very close to dying.
4: Joe, can I? So, sorry to cut in, but can I ask a bit more about your family? Um, because a bit of that relates to me because I have a disabled daughter and um, I can't imagine what that was like for them, having the son kind of whisked away into this place. Even though you, they probably thought it was going to help, it's still a really scary thing. Have you, have you talked to your family about that since?
2: Yeah, I talk to my family on a daily basis. You know, they're, they've got massive involvement in my life. And, um, you know, it's something that needed to be done to help me. But I can't, you know, from a parent's point of view, it's such it's a scary thing. Here. And I think there, there was there's so much fear not seeing what's going on. But also I was a lot of the time left to my own devices to the support, the care just wasn't there. So um, it was very scary for them. You know, I feel awful for what I've also put my family through. I think the reality of mental health and something that we need to realize and that it's okay. You shouldn't beat yourself up a lot for it. You should be remorseful. My mixed personality disorder, you know, when that finally got diagnosed, instead of just bipolar and a load of different diagnoses when i was 16 finally at the age of 18 i could be diagnosed with the proper condition that matched that i actually had and go on the right therapy uh, i i was i was loopy when i got out of the unit i had uh, i was hallucinating i was just i didn't know what was going on and i used my social media accounts as a way to kind of torment my family and i can't apologize for that enough you know and there's been a lot of building bridges it's been so hard for them to watch and for them to understand you know they're never going to have that first-hand understanding like i'd love to be able to go this is what it's like i wouldn't want them to understand because what was going on inside my head was just it, it was it was horrible beyond words um but they'd obviously want to understand and they had to deal with the brunt of that as well. But I'm very lucky. They are very supportive. You know, they are by my side and we've built those bridges. Yes, the memories are still tough, but that's a reality of mental health. As bad as it might be for us, there are people around us as well that it does directly impact and that also causes more trauma and more problems for many people because you feel bad for that you want to beat yourself up you want to do all these things to yourself and yes feel bad feel guilty but it's not something that you can you can help don't use it as an excuse to say oh yeah I was you know I was doing this because of mental health but a lot of the time It's not your fault. There is a reason for it. And again, this is why we need more awareness, more conversations, and more, actually, just to start reality. Don't sugarcoat things. Let's just all be open and talk about it. It doesn't matter who you are. It's not a weakness in in itself, just being honest and talking about it. It's a massive strength. And it's going to stop you from reaching that breaking point.
1: Well, that's why we started, is to get... um... from GB boxers to doormen to window cleaners to jelly stackers saying, you know, it's all right. You, you sometimes go home and have a cry on the settee or sometimes you have a panic attack. That doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're human. No. And I think more of us, us guys talk about it. And I think that was the best lesson I learned because I, I grew up thinking I was broken, I was broken. Who'd ever want me? I'm broken. Then you realise we're all broken in some ways. Maybe mm-hmm. we disguise it a bit better we've all got our down floors our, oh I'm too fat, oh I'm too good looking oh they only want me for this once only... you break it down and realise we are all human that was the best and thing and we are all different thank God we're not all like me
2: thank God we're not all like me it's a bit <laughs> mad but that's what makes the world a great place You know, things are a bit messed up at the moment You know, there's a lot going on around the world I'm not even going to get into politics. I'm just going to keep it COVID-friendly. Um, but yeah, I, want,
1: I wanted to mention something, Joe. Sorry to interrupt you. But, like, we're talking about like, positive people in your life. And that, that psychiatrist who barged in there to save you. What, how did you form such a good relationship with him that he was going to jeopardise himself?
2: Do you know what? It was It was him and, uh, well, I had a couple of CPNs. Um, my first one, my community practitioner nurse. He was great. And I remember the first time he just said, "You need to stop being a." Uh, it was a c word.
1: A seven, honestly.
2: Yeah, but I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked. I, I literally, I, I didn't speak for fifteen seconds. But from that moment, just someone being a bit more informal. Yes, yeah. he followed all the right policies, procedures. But for someone just to understand, just have a conversation, not make it. Like it was a depressing subject all the time. He was serious, but he would have a laugh. Like humour would be my way of dealing with things. And he was so good at finding out who that person was that he was in therapy with, that he was helping. And then I think that Chab- skill I
1: think that skill can't be taught though. I think you either are that way or you're not.
2: Yeah, exactly. But he also had a background in mental health. Yeah, you know it was, it was that that first-hand understanding which is something that we should just have in the mental health service anyway like just anyone who might have any diagnosis just get them safeguarding trained, get them trained up to help people peer-to-peer mentoring is such a a, a great tool and we need to utilize that, especially you know, you could get volunteers in. I'd happily volunteer every day a week, a couple of hours after a full work day, if it meant that one, it was free and easing the pressure on the NHS, but it would genuinely help people. And that was the same as my psychiatrist, Dr. Chad Levard, Chad Levard. Um, I could never say that. No, it well, good. course, I see you just like. Um, no he, he was amazing and he just got down the level he was a very calm person but he knew his stuff but he wanted to involve my family it wasn't me going in with my mixed personality maybe saying this one day and another thing the other day and then someone taking just me and basically putting my family as the blame he wanted everyone involved because he wanted to help me and get me to a place where I understood myself, my condition, how to handle it and how to live a happier life. And he fought my corner. It was the last time I ever saw him when he came into that, that meeting um, because he moved, unfortunately. And, uh, and you couldn't write his name on a letter? honestly i'd have no idea i'd have to search <laughs> i've probably got it somewhere amongst my <laughs> many medical notes um but no it, it was it was amazing and uh you know without people like that yeah i, I don't know where i'd be now but it's amazing out, when these I'm, people come into
1: your life isn't it and that one person can send your life that way to the good or that way to the bad and thank God them people, them good people steer us in the right direction.
2: Yeah. And they kept me grounded. You know, this has inspired me to do more of what I do today to link everything with the bullying in. And like I said, the social media side of things, I went from a nobody to, uh, I've just shut down my other Twitter account because there was just so much rubbish on it. But that, that was the Twitter account. It went up to 148,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And it, it was mad. And even my Twitter now, you know, I've just started that off, but it's 15, 7, and 64,000 on Facebook. It added up, but it, it was so overwhelming going from hating myself, being a nobody, to people knowing me. And I had to utilize that in the right way. And what I try and do is, Yes, talk about what I'm going through. Like I had a cry the other day when we were put into lockdown. I just had a meltdown. I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna deal with this. I know I I'm not. You're alone. the only one
1: though, mate. You weren't the only one.
2: Oh, I knew I wasn't, but that's such a helpful thing with this whole situation, there are so many people in the same situation. So it stops some of that feeling of isolation. But I I'm in a better a better position than a lot of other people that might be out there but I wrote about it on social media because a lot of the stuff that I put up it might seem to many people that I just don't struggle I live a nice life I don't struggle it's nice and plain sailing and I had to say that like I know it may seem this way on one side and it's like looking on Kim Kardashian's Instagram or whoever you follow you know they looks like such a a glamorous life and perfect lifestyle but actually behind these computer screens behind my post there is trauma there is hurt and there's real real struggles it's not just because I post this I am struggling too but I want you to know that because it's okay and because I'm a man and it's okay to admit I am okay so it got other people talking about how they were feeling and that's the aim. You know, if I can, it's not talk about me necessarily. It's putting out quotes yeah. and doing some check-ins and instead of having these helplines are great, like I'm um, shout are amazing. I love texting them if I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, but on social media are all on it. And because I'm safeguarding trained and I do all the other things like, I do with the charity having my inboxes open it feels a bit informal even if it's just for a chat a rant or even if you're worried stressed and anxious hopefully just having that there might save a life and we just all need to be there for each other right now We're not even just right now all year round every year just checking in on each other because it's so important
1: but, well, you know, at the start of the first lockdown, I really thought this is what the world needed because we were all in together and you'd be shouting over the next door now going, do you need any bread? I'm going down the shop for Do you need some milk? And then it only seemed very short lived. Within two months, it was... No one talks to each other. Yeah, but like, you'd walk down the road,
5: you, you... Me, 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 but also you...
1: Or you're right, Bert, and you'd be there to talk to a complete stranger for half an hour because you are both lonely. Now, this one, you walk up, you, people almost try and shoulder barge. It seems like we've taken the kindness and we've just thrown it out the window and put loads of frustration, well, frustration, hate, and who can I take my bad mood out on?
2: Exactly. And, you know, it's, the first lockdown, for me, I, I worked day and nights back to back, um pretty much seven days a week i got half a sunday off i just, my way of coping it got to a point where when i had these jobs and i loved doing them and i didn't know which one to give up it was routine especially with the um autism like my routine is key it's key for anyone but when it was broken when it, the first one was announced i was a mess but i needed to get out of this really bad kind of habit that I had with working because it wasn't healthy also I wanted to move things further in my relationship with my partner Emily and hello Emily (laughs) I think she's upstairs at the moment (laughs) (laughs) um, no um I, I mid lockdown I moved in with her I made that difficult decision to move out of my first place that i could call my own and that i became very comfortable in it life just slowed down so much and i didn't focus on having the most up-to-date phone anymore or whatever like just going outside and hearing the birds tweet just sitting on my doorstep socially distanced with my neighbors having a glass of guinness uh, random things but the simplest of things i appreciated so much and then it it kind of forced me to make a good decision to make that scary step, that leap into something more with Emily as well, which has created our life. What well, can I mention that? Because I mean, when you first move in with your partner,
1: eight it's scary, but you always think, well, if it flops, I can go, I can go eight. But when you're moving in with someone and you you locked in with them, that's a very big step because. You think, well, I can't go anywhere else now.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's it was a very big step. But when I say we are like the same person, it's is quite yeah. just some of the the weirdest things you'd expect someone to come out with, and then at the same time. Um, but you know, we've we've always been very open and honest. You know, Emily's got similar struggles to myself, but we talk about that, and we always have a debrief like in the evenings we sit down debrief about the day what you're stressed about because that's important but for both of our mental health and well-being it's something that keeps chatting keeps a conversation puts us both on each other's level so it doesn't get to that point yeah, so, that's, yeah that's so important
4: yeah i was about to say kev I, i've I spent years not talking to to my wife about anything um Probably for not for fear of her leaving me, but for fear of her thinking bad of me. When she, she wouldn't, she you know it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been possible. But I think men keep so much back from their partners; it's unreal, and we do really need to start speaking out and 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 talking to them more so they have an understanding. Um, so you know, you've got up definitely on the right foot there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm. Yes, she. I'll annoy her till. I probably annoy her more than I think I do. Yeah, I guarantee. a lot more like yeah. like <laughs> You know, I, and you know, she gets on my nerves too. But that—that's—that's that, that's just reality at the end of the day. Um, but no, she—she's always by my side. She's helped me out a lot. You know, I've—I've I've got a lot of medical conditions. I just Christmas Eve. no It's the twenty-third. But I was—I got. Blue lighted into hospital. I had a couple of seizures. Um, I've got a large cyst attached to the nerves of my brain, so I've, I get quite a lot of migraines along with the diabetes and getting yeah, headaches for ages. And she woke up in the middle of the night. She knows that I don't like ambulances being called, but she made that decision. She was there by my side. She got me out. She looked after me. And she, she is my rock. And I that communication kind of strengthens that bond between us both and if anything as well lockdown kind of realized that people weren't with the right person yeah um what did i really like Div- divorce lawyers were having a field day um that, that was the what was that the daily stars uh, probably not the best new, newspaper to quote there but yeah statistics rose quite a bit but i think it put the focus on actually what makes a true relationship as well. Might yeah. seem a bit corny,
1: but it's funny, uh, no. Joe. Like you now, how old are you now? Sorry, twenty-three. Twenty-three, and like when you start on your journey at thirteen, who'd have thought this was possible? Because me being thirty-seven now, being my kate, nine years, we've got a five-year-old daughter. If you'd have talked to me when I was thirteen, fifteen, I'd have thought, "Who wants me?" You know, and. And you go through these different journeys. You, when you're um, a superstar with a hundred thousand friends, but then you think that I want me for the wrong reasons, and now now you're at peace for yourself. Now you can accept someone else's love. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was it's mad, and it, it took a lot. Like I was single for so long. Like I I worked in a club in Northampton before lockdown, and. You know, I have met so many people, but I was still very inside myself. But the friendship okay. group that I, I can
5: totally relate to that. Sorry, Joe. You know, just you saying that, then the way you feel it. Um, you know, I it's a similar sort of thing. You know, I used to speak to a lot. You know, go out on a lot of dates, maybe two, three dates. But I, I think I could never get past. You know, the point of I don't want them to find out the real me. And then it was that. It now, next, you know, meet the next one, or and it, you know, it's just when you you are you confiding and. I think yeah, what you were saying about your over half definitely the same as mine. You know, one day I can be you know, running around the kitchen, laughing, singing. You know, 50, twenty, thirty minutes later, I'm on the settee. You know, like, it's finding someone who you can feel comfortable to open up to around that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's
2: life. Life has a funny i don't want to be one of these corny people that says everything happens for a reason because it's the one phrase that does my head in (laughs) but at the same time it's like well it's kind of true um i don't want to admit it but i I will admit it you know everyone goes through different things and i had to throw myself into some very hard situations to kind of teach myself how to not be autistic don't want that to sound how that may sound but Um, meaning the social anxiety the communication issues from uh, I had to get myself in the mindset where I I wanted to not be classed as different
3: yeah
2: well I'll be classed as different but not just I wanted to have the same opportunities and I think if you can change that mindset it takes time it doesn't happen overnight you know I'm still Every day, I'm learning new things about myself. I'm um, having the same doubts about myself, and I'm beating myself up. But once you can get into that mindset, you know, think about your struggles, but think yeah. about why you struggled and how can you change that into a positive, and it has a rippling
5: effect. Yeah, and well, it's, so it's, it's like you just said. It's like you just said with the, you know the anxiety thing in in the job I do. I'm a, a barber you know people when i say to them i've got social anxiety you know i've had people laugh before because they're saying how oh, can you stand there in front of 20 people with a queue behind you but i said in my sort of my version i, I feel like i'm in a box there you know i feel like there's eyes all over me and it, and people are like well why do you do the job you do and it's not because i don't like the job it's just you know pressures of everyday life just different different anxieties and
2: That was the same with me. Like in Northampton, like before lockdown, I was still working in the club. I didn't realise I applied for this job either. It was complete out of the blue, and I got a phone call, and I was like, "Do you know what?" I'm sorry for the for the language, but I I thought I was going to shit myself. Like I was (laughs) so scared, and I, I walked in there, and I met like they were my first friends like the the bloke I it was called uh, called tino his girlfriend and then the, we had a group of us five of us and they all taught me so much i was kind of accepted in as this little weird kid because i was very like in my box but it was the best thing i, I did like when people said oh you seem so so, so comfortable in your own skin or whatever like I wasn't, but it was these different things that I was doing for myself. And I think that's one of the best things anyone can do for, for your own self gain, uh, not self gain, um, self worth, self worth, um, your own self production, I guess. Um, things are hard for everyone but you've just got to you've got to push yourself especially after all of this you know there's everyone's going to be struggling with opportunities and whatnot do something different you learn new things every day Uh, just got to have that self-belief as well and try and turn off that inner critic that is constantly shouting
1: i think as a child you want to be normal as an adult you want to be
2: extraordinary Yeah. And even as a teen, I wanted all the money in the world and live like a rich life and live comfortably. But I don't pay myself for anything I do. I have my one paid job. Everything else comes out of my pocket. Because for me, the thing that's worth more, yes, keeping a roof over our heads um, and my heads, but it's not, not the materialistic things, but the kindness bit i get so much good thing just knowing that i might have helped someone when i get a message through and i had a message from a lady the other day like whose daughter followed my page and it it doesn't take much there's more to money there's more to these things that people aspire to like it's literally just as simple as being kind and just having a nice impact on someone's life and just making a difference like it doesn't take much it might sound confusing all the things that i might have done and i like, oh, have you done this but it wasn't it wasn't rocket science to be fair i've not done that much compared to what a lot of other people have i've just spoken out and we all need to get speaking which is why what you guys do is great like you're having a ripple ripple effect on so many so many know, people who- will be struggling
4: I feel a few years, I'm a good few years older than you yeah, and I feel a few years behind you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Since <laughs> Not at 13 time.
4: you've been a busy boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Always well, like that, yeah.
4: Well, could, could you tell us about the
1: charity that you're doing at the moment, please, Joe?
2: Yeah, so Stand Out is, um, is a charity that uh, I co-founded with um, five other people um, and that's because of the care system and the lack of support for not only looked after children children in care but also care leavers as well so if i give you a bit of a background um in leaving care it used to be when you reached 21 you'd lose your pa lose your support and basically be given your bags and be like yeah right that's fine it's cheaper easier for us just go um we it, like there was a big uh a lot of care leavers came together to get that changed to 25. But there's still issues within that because it was kind of like, yeah, right, we won't call you or whatever with support. You can just call us and we'll just keep you open until you're 25. That's basically when someone's struggling, you expect them to pick up the phone. It's not that easy. No. Um, so we still it from a very young age again i think i was 15 um i got my got an award for the work i did with the um, children care forums and the care leavers forums and um i always said you know why not yes we've got social services but why not just run it in a charitable way why can't we just have a charity which we can get donations and join partnerships to really make a difference um so Standout became a charity last year um and we provide just some more resources and tools and implement mental health into a lot of these so we're still trying to find partnerships at the moment because we're still very new and we lockdown, down unfortunately with this whole fiasco it's been less than a year since we've had our charity number it's not been great timing but the partnerships that we can create will give people a better chance from the care system to live a successfully independent life and to give them the tools they need to feel good about themselves but move forward in the life without just being given being bad or just being chucked out because it just it feels so rubbish like yes like I said earlier. My situation is different. Yes, I know I was in care, but I wasn't in care for the same reasons many were. Many don't have anyone to talk to. Many have just been having people in and out of their lives. Not. It feels like they don't want to be known. Like they're the problem. So that we needed to do something to try and stop that, and hopefully this won't just be something that's in Northampton. You know, hopefully we can. We can expand this, um, and it and hopefully it makes a difference.
1: Well, Matt, you're just doing a one, a wonderful job, bro. Thank and you. Keep and just keep on going, Lee. If we had any comments in today,
4: <clears throat> I've just brought them up on the screen, Kevin. Um, no, well, of course.
1: Stop picking on me, of course. Well,
4: I was about to say <laughs> no questions, just <laughs> praise. So yeah we're all good there mate all good but uh, joe we've um you do some work as well as ambassador don't you for, for for kidscape can you tell us a bit about that
2: Yeah, so kidscape were a charity when i was in school that helped me like so much from being bullied feeling alone isolated um it was someone to talk to it was going on their site and just reading their quotes but also using their tools uh, that they had but it wasn't just that they're they're also there for parents and carers they do a lot of work in schools to try and get the message out there and to um, implement change and make schools a safer place they're trying to make the world a safer place for children young people and um, yeah so from a young age from them helping me last year I um, it was well no yes it was last year with 2021 now um i don't know where this where time's gone um <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, it's the first month of lockdown um i uh we were in touch we We're doing a bit bit more work together i was giving more mental health advice and the impact of bullying and um, i was made an, a charity ambassador for kidscape and um they they do such a great job. Um, I know you got the website like floating around down the bottom. Just check them out, give them a follow, and yeah, they're amazing. They're, they did save my life.
1: Well, bro, It's been brilliant having you on. Um... No, I, I, I
4: just wanted to ask another question if you don't mind yeah, yeah that's fine we, of course yeah, we no spoke way. a bit off, off air um, Joe about uh, what you're looking to do within schools in the future would you like to go into a bit about that um, and uh, is there any way that people can help you uh, at the moment yeah,
2: yeah definitely so uh, I really want to make a change to the education system and I know it's not just me that shares the thoughts but Uh, I want to rally the Department of Education to really get mental health implemented in schools from a young age to make it make schools a more inclusive place for everyone, realise that being different is okay, but to educate people from primary age about the different conditions and different things that people struggle with because it's okay and instead of it seeming strange to children at a young age, it's like, oh, okay, I understand it now. And it's not leaving the person out because it's a bit scary. It's not blaming the children for it. It's just blaming the lack of education. But it also cuts that bullying down yeah. so much. And moving into adulthood, you think of the effect that will have when this starts from primary age and moving, going into teens, them getting a job for the first time everyone will just be a bit more accepting of others. Well, I hope so. so I, I, think re- edu-
1: I think education is a shake-up, though, and I've been saying this yeah. to people for ages. We're taught in one way. You read the blackboard, you write. Now, in life, we've got seers who can read that on the blackboard. We've got talkers, let's talk about it, and we've got doers. And because I can't read and write, I'm thick. Or just because I can't have a conversation, I'm a dunce. Or I... We're all different. So why can't we get A's in how I write numbers, how I talk about conversations? But we've been doing the same form of education since education began. And uh, if I, when I teach boxing, I teach boxing at the Lions ABC. If I can't get you to throw a jab properly, whose fault is it? It's mine because I haven't taught you in the right way.
2: Okay, I can't. Agree with that enough. It's, it comes even, even the pandemic has highlighted this for me. If it was, and I know so many young people want to do their exams, but for me, sitting in that environment, the social anxiety and the quiet couldn't do it. If you asked me to kind of do coursework with a bit of guidance, give me more time instead of having to rush and complete a paper, I'd have done so much better. And I know this is a difficult time for so many students, but people are so different in the way they learn. One thing that really annoyed me at school, you know, you did a did a multiplication sum in maths and you were told to work it out, but you could only work it out in one way. I went home and my, my parents would show me a way that I found easier or one of the learning support staff would show me a way that I found easier Still got the correct answer. Yeah. Did the correct workings out because I didn't do it that way. I wasn't allowed. And I learned by doing. I didn't learn by just sitting back, having to take all this information in, trying to write it down. I couldn't process it. I learned by doing something and then it would, I'd remember all of it. So, what, like you said, why can't we just have? an education that's inclusive for everyone that gives people the opportunities
5: yeah, See, yeah. I, I, I agree if, with that but I think you know I think my, my other half she's a, a secondary school teacher my stepmom's a secondary school teacher um, and I did a, I did actually a little bit of work in a secondary school last year and you know just listening to what you were saying then you know you, there was I always remember obviously without naming names but there was someone who was in um, you know he had Tourette's and he kept getting sent out of the classroom, obviously, because he'd say something and, you know, kids were laughing. But that would happen to him three times every time I was there. And then on the fourth time, someone would get him and take him into a, you know, a boxed-out sort of isolation room. And as you've just said, you know, you can't you can't just have five or six kids in that room all day. And then, you know, no. as soon as break time comes, say, oh, go back out into the break time now. Then, they, like you say, that's when the bullying happens. That's when it all starts. And, um, but I've... On the other hand, you know, just listening to my other half, I think it's, it, the problem is now is the budget. They've took so much money out of schools now. Now, I think she was saying that you know, they can't even afford, like, uh, notebooks and stuff at the minute.
1: They live They live in red tape as well. You can't just teach someone something that you find interesting. Yeah. You have to teach them off the curriculum so they can tick a box so the school gets yeah. better rated. It's just it's like a league
5: the- table, isn't it? It's just a league table, really. And it, it, it's of- just numbers and...
1: And just think about, you know what, I'm teaching you history, so let's teach you something. Oh, English. Me, uh, I can barely read and write, so let's teach me uh, Shakespeare. Why don't you make me read Tupac lyrics or a Spider-Man comic? It's still reading. Why have I got to learn Elizabethan English that's not written in the right bloody order? Whereas I could read something, I take interest in Muhammad Ali, uh, Joe Frazier. Two pack, biggie, small,
2: Spider Man, and you go, wow, I love reading. It's it's even to the point there's no funding, but there are other ways to do these things. Why can't you get local businesses? Say, like, one thing that needs to be taught in schools is budgeting. You know, when you reach an age where you're going to live on your own, just suddenly put with all these bills in front of you, why can't changing a light bulb? DIY, these things or the certain ways which people learn why can't you get local businesses that specify in these certain areas and go look, if you can come in either for a little bit of a price or for free we'll give you a bit of a tax break or something, you know, you're still bringing in money for our economy but offer an incentive but for a way that actually as a country we're not losing money but we are getting talent taught we're getting the skills tour, which will also go on in the long term to make more money for the economy as well. Yeah.
1: Well, we'll have to get you back on, Joe, because I feel like we could talk on so many different levels about so Definitely. many different subjects.
2: But Definitely is there anything? Lovely, guys.
5: No, thank you so much. Has anyone else got anything to say to Joe before we round it up? Uh, just my, honestly, Joe, type my after you, you know. Oh, did you say he was twenty-three? No, sorry, twenty-three. Yeah, twenty-three, and obviously that would have been ten years ago. Then, when you set up that first campaign, I mean, I was saying to Kevin Lee before we come on. I think it, you know back then, this probably wasn't as easy. I mean, it's not easy to talk about now, but it probably wasn't as easy as it is now. And I just think you know to do that ten years ago at the age of thirteen, after what you went through, mate. Honestly, type my after you. Absolutely brilliant. No, it means
2: a lot. Thank you, and uh, same to you guys
5: as well. Like, thank you for just keeping the conversation
2: going and helping so many people that will listen back to this and all, you know, watch this. And what you're doing is great. Like, really applaud your work. Thank you.
1: What I'm going to, I'm going to now advertise Tuesday show. Joe Swan rambling on. Think about a saying or quote that's helped you get through. life. so on Tuesday we've got Alex. Uh, um, video. what's his name? Trist Tristian bloody oh, yeah. hell sorry Trist that's a week after <laughs> The a week after yeah. Tr- Tristian is going to be coming on on Tuesday 7.30 UK time and he's going to be talking about numerous things he's going to be talking about moving to a different country being unemployed anxiety having his wife who's had miscarriages but as I said and I say so many times we're not just one thing we're not just um, anxiety we're not just miscarriage we're a person all these things us into being the wonderful person we are. And on Saturday, I'm appearing on WCR-FM, Scott Stewart's show, who's been on the show, and she's always listening to us. And I'm going to be talking about amateur boxing and, of course, mental health. So you can find that on WCR-FM at 11.15. Her show starts at 10 o'clock, so do us a favour and listen to the air before, because you're remarkable at what she does. So, Joe, have you got any quotes or sayings that's helped you get through life?
2: I think, well, I've got a few. Uh, I've got some of them on my, like, tattooed, although that one was spelt wrong. Um, <laughs> <one I've... laughs> Stars can't shine without a bit of darkness has always been my quite... Uh, it just relates to a lot of things. Like, no matter what dark time I was in, like, I had to be that light to find my way out of the tunnel and help others, really. Um, life goes on, yes, doesn't but it does in terms of you know we all struggle we can get through it um that was spelt gauze and i didn't realize i did have to get an e <laughs> added in in there um um i'm still left with a big apostrophe above the e as well um but uh, don't suffer in silence you know that, that, that's a simple one it's not really a quote as such but I've got that on my wrist because of where I used to self harm. And it's something I look at that when I'm feeling down or when things get a bit too much, it just kind of prompts my head to go, look, just talk to someone. It's okay. You're not on your own. So yeah. Stars can't shine without a bit. D- uh, stars can't shine without darkness. Life goes on. Don't suffer in silence.
3: Well, once again, thank
2: you for coming on. So guys,
1: thank you. Thank you, so you, Lovely. Thank you for tuning in guys. So until we see each other next time, Take care of yourselves and each other. Tararabid. Cheers,
4: guys. Listen, listen,
3: listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page, and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, Tararabid. Listen,
4: listen.
0: It's Sierra, new ambassador for WW, Weight Watchers Reimagined. The new MyWW Plus, our most holistic program ever helps you tackle the many elements that contribute to weight loss with tools to plan meals and get you moving. Join today with a limited time offer at www.com.